Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer Bourbon and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Bowen. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 52. 52. For this episode, we're going to talk about everything Joker. Oh, yeah. So, Tawana, what are we sipping on today? Oh, so many great things. So many great things. What, what do I do every yeah. single year at <laughs> fall time? Oh, Halloween this time. This bitch is pumpkin spice forever. Um, it's never pumpkin spice. Let me clear so this up. So glad you said that, Vaughn. <laughs> Welcome back, Alex. Alex. Yay. <laughs> the Kiwi is back in the house. Alex in the mix. He has returned. I have for, returned for a brief for a brief time. I have returned from my hot boy summer. Remember nice. his hot boy summer? Nice. We didn't have to call. I saw him like last week. I was I'm, just playing. Oh I was just God. playing. I was just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Alex, sorry. we're I'm glad sorry. you're back. <laughs> we're glad you're back. They don't call ice on me. Welcome back. I pay ice off. I mean, yeah. Well, you. Won't. I did have to pay ice off. It was called two thousand dollars. For the uh, U.S. Customs Immigration Service, you know, two thousand dollars. Woof! Right, no but doubt. I'm legal, baby. No doubt, Woo. legal welcome, in the mix. Welcome back. And, and thank I'm you, glad Sean to be from Ad Bros for running sound. Oh for yeah, us today. Sean's running sound for us today. I'm back. glad to be back and steal an American jobs. Thank you, know? you very yes. much. Still Cheers one. to that. <laughs> Cheers to <laughs> what? For sure. It's all right. It's all right. Sorry, you're doing your thing. That's right. All right. So, so let's what talk do I about do? this beer you drink. Every every fall, mm-hmm. every Halloween season, I fucks with the pumpkin. Okay. The pumpkin spice. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I'm not wearing Uggs and fucking you what is it? Universal fucking scarves. <laughs> infinity scarves infinity and shit. Infinity scarves? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Same difference. Universal and infinity. Wow, whatever. got it. <laughs> so anyway, so I like a pumpkin beer, and every year I try to pick through a bunch of pumpkin beers I've read about or been interested in because I geek out a little bit on beer, read lots of articles. And so as I do my usual research, I found an article um, on Outside Magazine called Six Pumpkin Beers Even Skeptics Will Love. Okay. Okay. So I went through it. Uh, the author's name is A.C. Shelton. I'm going to shout her out a little bit because I'm going to quote her a little bit. Nice. Um, and so one of the top things she said was Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin by uh, New Belgium Brewing. So what got me into this particular beer, which struck me, I should mm-hmm. say, is because this is a pumpkin ale. It got you in your feels. Got me in my feels. Featuring cinnamon, which always gets me in my feels, but also intrigued me because it has habanero chili peppers. What? Okay. Who the fuck thinks of habanero chili peppers and pumpkin? Of course, I thought, ugh, that's going to be fucking disgusting. That could be good. It'd be nice, though. It could be nice. And so I read her article, and she had like a bl- uh, she had like six beers, right, as the article states. She had a tiny little paragraph for each one. So she writes that this is the, she thinks this is the best pumpkin beer she has ever had. It's pretty damn close for me. Um, 
and and she states that it's a bold statement and i think it is but i think that her description of how at first sip it's too sweet but hang on the habanero peppers hit you right in the back of the throat just like a munich and pale malt remind you that this is a beer and not a fucking latte okay i added the fucking (laughs) but it is cinnamon it is nutmeg it is allspice which brings in that really festive feeling you hear you feel that the moment you take the first sip but take a swallow because then the habanero hits you and i don't mean hit you like a spice like a like a like like a like a wing I mean, it hits you with a little bit of singe, but it's a delicate singe, and it's tasty as fuck. Okay. I mean, you really I'll, like it, huh? I really like it. I mean, I, I wonder why I saw the shelf in my local supermarket full, and then when I got back there by Friday, it was almost gone. There was one case left that I fucking hit on Thursday. Okay. So I could come back and get that shit on Just Friday. Just to make sure, right? Just to make sure. And I got it, and I don't regret it because it is amazing. So if you, like me, are in the market for trying out pumpkin every year when it rolls around seasonally, try this Voodoo Ranger Special Release Atomic Pumpkin by um, New Belgium Beer out of uh, New Belgium Brewing Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. I fucks with it. All right. What you got, Vaughn? I'm doing, all right, so in honor of the Joker in, in of course in uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker because mm-hmm. it feels like it was set in the 70s 70s late 70s early it feels like 80s. late 70s for early sure. 80s for sure it's especially the police cars it, it, everything about it yeah. was the trains everything about it was the 70s so I decided yeah. to go for a bourbon that was very popular in the 70s and absolutely um, I, I went through a couple of them I talked to a bit different a bunch of different uh vendors to talk about what was very popular during that time and a lot of them had a hard time finding stuff that they still sell and one of those that they did sell was uh jim bean oh, and of course. everybody knows i love jim bean you do when love I just jim bean. sip on a gym on a bourbon like i love a pumpkin i i, I like <laughs> drinking jim bean white label and that's the one you see at everybody's stores yeah. it's, it's a good intro to bourbon for everybody yeah. but i decided to step it up a little bit i, I went for the uh jim bean black and it's the extra age bourbon it's 86 proof and i'm i'm it's good and we're all enjoying it today yeah and and because it's fall like you you went for pumpkin i went for apple cider because you know that's another thing people do in the fall season cider is a good taste is to have you know a little apple cider so yeah. i decided to mix a cocktail and i'm gonna post it on on the site on the, um, facebook for you and uh, yeah. tawana can share it on instagram and all our other sources right but um what I did was I made a um, a uh, apple cider mix, a cocktail with apple cider and ginger beer. Right. It's absolutely delicious. Everybody's feeling it right now. Alex is feeling it. Is it is very too. tasty. Sean it's is enjoying amazing. it too. And I just threw a little bit of bourbon in there. I'll, I'll post it for everybody to see. But it's, it's good for this kind of movie and because and, I feel like, you know, with the Joker, I know if Joker actually drank before he started to – Rampage through the world. Depends, it depends on which movie. He'd have a cocktail, <laughs> right? Because Jack Nicholson always had a cocktail, right? Jack Nicholson was drinking, so for sure, um, I, I feel like Joaquin in in his moments of 
some kind of sanity. He'd uh, I was going to say sanity. Too. Right. He'd have a cocktail too. So I decided to do uh, Jim Bean Black. So right. uh, check it out. It's in your stores. It's easier to find. It's not very expensive. And it's one of those, it's good body taste. A lot of oak. It's that white oak kind of taste and feel. A lot of caramel to it. Um, it's not as cherry as the white label Jim Bean, but it's, it's good in that way. And um, I would have it also in like a, an old fashioned or even maybe a Manhattan yes. could work. I think but that I'm, could work. I'm really enjoying it in this um, fall seasonal cider mix. Yeah, this nice little concoction. You, Everybody's you, feeling you, it right you now. You twist it up. It's real nice. nice. I like that. If I wasn't already drinking my beer, I'd have a second glass. Well, you will. I will anyway. You will. Yeah. It's all good. Let's do it. So when the snacks up, yeah. industry news. Yes, let's talk about industry news. news. All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go, go first. Go ahead, Tawana. All right. So, the Scorsese helmed film, The Irishman, that everyone's excited about, right? Yeah. Netflix mm -hmm. situation with all the uh, usual suspects he always has, uh, De Niro and the sort, is being forced to screen in Broadway theaters and smaller movie chains due to their limited run agreement with larger movie chains like AMC and Regal. So typically they have like a three month run in order to allow theaters to sort of recoup their investments, right? Get their returns. Uh, but, but this time Netflix would like to switch it up and propose a month long run. Mm -hmm. Not agreeing to terms, to Netflix's terms, um, Netflix is forced to into like alternative terms now because AMC and Regal are like, no, fuck that. I can't even make any money off of this. So they're sort of forced into these alternative terms in order to, uh, in order for their film to become eligible for Oscar contention. Um, right. so I mean, I don't know what they're up to. I guess it's a little unfair if they're just going to do a month and a half. So, but here's the thing. In the Broadway releases, I mean, they're actually going into Broadway theaters, and because there's no single-run theaters in New York anymore, and I don't know what that looks like in L.A., but in New York, we used to have the Paris. Uh, we used to have several other ones that would have one single release in theaters, and those theaters were huge. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands of seats. And so because they're all gone now, um, they've been forced to use these Broadway theaters that have never shown films before, so they have to set up sound equipment, this whole this whole industry thing. And so the thing is, is they quoted that they only wanted a month-long release in AMC theaters, but now they're going for a month-and-a-half release in Broadway theaters. I don't know what their deal is. It's a little iffy. She has to get some sort of Oscar contention, but she, just fuck with two months with AMC and Regal and just call it a day, but whatever. Mm -hmm. This is this is their This is their option, so... Um, that's my news on Irishman. Uh, also, I want to talk a little bit about Matrix Four. Okay. And an up and coming young man by the name of Yahya Abdul Mateen the Third. He is doing now Matrix Four. Um. So I mean, let's chalk this up. This man is growing in power, right? So, in terms of popularity, I should say, um, he is um, geared for Candyman, mm -hmm. right? He was uh, Black Manta. Is it Manta or Manta? Black Manta. Black Manta. 
Manta and Aquaman. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, he starred opposite uh, with Anthony Mackie and uh, Nicole Buhari in Black Mirror episodes and will be Regina King's husband in Watchmen series. Nice. So he's also... Which I will in, be watching. Right. And so, and of course, I just mentioned, he's also Candyman in Candyman, in nice. the new Candyman film um, that Jordan Peele is producing. Uh, Nina is uh, filming. She's the director. And so anyway, so so okay, so he'll star, you know, across from Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss, uh, who will be reprising their roles. I don't know. I thought all of them were coming back, so I don't know what's happening with Lawrence Fishburne, but he'll be back. He'll be back, but I'm not sure what he's gonna be. Maybe this is Lawrence Fishburne's kid. Who knows? He'll be know. back. But uh Yaya's doing his thing. He's been quite brilliant in a lot of his roles and I'm excited. He was also in the get down. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. He was a bad. Sure. He was a bad guy. He was that the gangster. Right. In the, the second season. In the second. He was in the first season too. Oh yeah, you're right. He yeah, because who was running it? That woman, Mama, or something mm-hmm. like that, right? And so he was that. So he's a real buzzy actor right now, and um, I'm 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 interested, and I'm I'm ready to look out for this man. See where he's going. Very good. Very good. Yes. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about Tyler Perry, and Tyler Perry <sighs> has just opened oh, up. Man. A new studio. No, in, fuck it. In, nope. You have to acknowledge Tyler Perry's. I'm going to acknowledge your studio. No, I'm going to acknowledge your studio. Let me finish my please, comment. Please do. Please do. We have to acknowledge Tyler Perry for opening the first black black owned studio. Yeah. Major production studio. Yeah. In, in, not in Hollywood. Outside of Hollywood in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And the fact that it sits on the land that was the Confederate stronghold. Okay. Everything about that is making all those Confederate evil racists right. roll in their graves. That's fantastic. And, and I will acknowledge Tyler Perry. I will give him that. For his hustle in, in, in because he was truly ignored by Hollywood for many, many years. Right. And, but he has made lots of inroads in the industry. And I think that... Due to self And I'm not... I'm not a fan of Tyler Perry and his <gasps> work. I mean, he did the self-hatred. Ta- Tawana. He, okay, I'm hold sorry. On. I apologize. I mean, hold to on. I have to acknowledge Tawana for his work in the industry. Absolutely. Because he, outside of Hollywood, there have there has not been a producer, director, or anybody else yes. who put black people, I will give regardless you of whatever. I'm not a fan of his stories. He's a fucking overseer. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> hold on. I have to acknowledge the fact that he's doing what he's doing. And he is also making a space for LGBTQ people oh, to now? come. Hold on. Okay. There is a space for them to be. Yeah, he's I know. creating he's a creating, center. He's creating a compound. Calm down. Yeah, he's he's creating a compound. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not interrupting. Hold yes, you are. Okay, go ahead. Hold Sorry, on. My apologies. He's creating to a you, space. Not to tell the Perry. He's creating a space. And that has never been done before. His work is out there. He's made a lot of inroads for a lot of black actors that we watch every day. Yes. And we now see, I have to do this because it's important because it's for everybody to understand. I understand. He has opened a door that has never been opened for us before. I understand. And Hollywood still is trying to figure out 
how we can be a part of these things. And if it wasn't for Black Panther being shot on his studios, because that happened down there. Okay. So let's be real about it. Did it really? Yes, it did. I didn't know Black Panther was shot on Tyler Perry Studios. That's great. So we, in, in all our Wakanda love, we have to appreciate that because it's important in our history. He has opened a door, and that's going to open a door for other filmmakers, creators, and all of that to have a I space so. in this country. Because so. we have a long way to go. I agree. With and you. like I said, he also understands that he's he's making a mark in the space. And in all of his studios, they're named after black actors and actresses That's and fantastic. producers and so on and so forth I agree. that have made that were pioneers in I the industry that. so i have to appreciate He's got a that show does he have a Michelle but let's, studio hold on I, hope so. I have to talk about oscar Michaud mm-hmm. because oscar Michaud was the first one yes his 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 productions were who's, smaller who's oscar, oscar Michaud, Michaud was, a, was one of the first black directors filmmakers filmmakers in the industry had his own studio he had his own own studio it was a smaller space he started the whole thing for us as black people he started silent films and then he went to a little bit of sound exactly so it's because like 1930s yeah yes if not way back lower than that but that's my point so earlier tyler perry has picking up the mantle that oscar michelle put down so i want everybody to understand this is a moment in time that's pivotal because that's a lot of space and that's a lot of a lot of access for black people Absolutely. because he's hiring black people to work in these studio spaces. Absolutely. Hollywood is not doing that because we're still trying yes. to get Hollywood to tell our stories. Yes. And because of that, I will give Tyler Perry his acknowledgement in that. Yes. I don't give a shit about his plays. I don't give a shit about it's his productions. Right. But I do understand that he's opened a door for other people to do great work. Right. And I will acknowledge that. Yes. And all of the actors from Terrence Howard, Janet Jackson, Jill Scott, all these are, and all his shows that he's put out there in yeah. the world for to see. But I think that we, once again, as black people working in the industry, we have to acknowledge that because Hollywood is still not telling our stories. So yeah, yeah. So, I, so will, I will acknowledge his. I will acknowledge, acknowledge his that. inception. I will acknowledge, I acknowledge his that. success. Mm-hmm. I will not acknowledge his success on the backs of blacks. I will not acknowledge his success on the inference of how he he self hates on blacks, on women of of people of the LGBT community. How all of our lives just have to reflect in terms of. Our punishment, it's always a punishment to just live your life naturally mm-hmm. through a Tyler Perry movie. And for that, I will never I thank him. I hear you, and I, you I, should. I acknowledge where he's come, and, and I should. acknowledge where he's going, and I hope that he will become something fantastic, quite honestly. I really, really think he, I hope for his sake, right? But, okay, you pretty much say that me as a gay woman should die of AIDS in one of your movies. Me, as a black woman who chooses a separate life for herself, should die from AIDS in one of your movies. Or I should be cheated on by my husband, uh, who's gay and has AIDS, and now you've made that man also a villain, as if right. AIDS is, 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 is some godly uh, uh, sin and some godly like plague that gets affected by people. Like, 
fuck you, Tyler Perry, okay? <laughs> Thank you for all that you've done and all that you've seen and all the steps and inroads you've placed by the assistance of Oprah. Thank you very much, and Oprah, too. Others, yes. And all the others. Oprah, Beyonce, everybody else. All the, the others, Lee Daniels and everybody else who's part of Oprah's gay team. But um, fuck you, Tyler Perry, for the fact that you say that what I do and how I exist and how I live as a person should be deemed on some Mildred Pierce level that I always got to be put back into my place for flying too close to the fucking sun. So congratulations, motherfucker. How's it feel to live on the backs of your people? I hope you change shit from here on in. Okay? Get your fucking Luther Vandross camps me on walls. Fuck out of here. Excuse me. How you disrespect Luther Vandross? Fuck him. I'm just saying. He's got he's got cashmere walls like Luther Vandross. You fucking hider. You fucking in plain sight. You fucking self hatred gay man. Fuck out of here. I'm gay and proud. You're fucking us over by fucking making us fucking killed for being gay, killed for being black and women loving whoever the fuck we love. Don't think I don't fucking see you. I see past your bullshit. So guess what, nigga? Remember, remember, we still here and we still see you. Let me see some fucking trans people in your films without killing them. Let me see some gay, let me see some gay love in your films without killing them. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to offend your Christian base? We don't already know you're fucking gay. Uh, go you ahead, get it. I'm getting, I'm getting crazy. So that's all the time we have for the podcast today. I can't talk anymore. So Tawana was in all of her. Fields. This is like Kanye West fucking Sunday service. I can't fucking take it. Okay, you uh, good now? You good? Oh, I feel better. All right, so once again, sorry, <laughs> but I meant what I said. And I ain't sorry. And you shouldn't be sorry. <laughs> you should say exactly what you feel. I feel it. But, but um, congratulations on your again, studio. I hope you. Again, I hope you do some new shit. I have to congratulate him on his studio. Yeah, for sure. I and have some industry news. Yeah, please, Alex. Alex industry, <laughs> news. <laughs> industry news. Please come with it. Here he goes. That James Cameron is making a new. Uh, what is it? That's racist. Though. Terminator movie. That's racist. <laughs> Well, I have the next best thing to James Cameron, which is Christopher Nolan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Christopher Nolan. Better filmmaker. God damn it. <laughs> no, but if you've been in a movie recently, especially if you went to see Joker, um, right. you would have seen the trailer to Christopher Nolan's next epic um, to follow up from the Batman and uh, Dunkirk franchises. Well, Dunkirk wasn't a franchise, but you know what I mean. Right, right. Um, it, it's called Tenet. Okay. I don't. Which is funny because that's actually that the one. name... Um, actually the name of one of my the last name one of my good friends from new zealand um but it's called tenet it's a tenet it's helmed by john david washington okay. from black klansman yeah mm-hmm. um and apparently robert robert pattinson is second billing on the film okay which is really cool it's it's going to be nolan's so it's the, the it's literally a teaser so i went to see Ju- joker at imax Yes. So I saw the IMAX trailer for 1917. Yeah, we saw Which is it. kind of a good follow-up war film yeah. from uh, Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Shot in a very Nolan-esque style. We thought of you immediately. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was like, Jen and I were hooked. She's like, oh my God, I'm so crunk for that fucking movie. Oh, the f- oh, I'm marrying it, the right girl then. After the 1917 trailer <laughs> came the Tenet trailer. Right. Which sort of, it's it's like a big action thriller 
um, mega blockbuster from Nolan, very much in the same ilk of, of his other films. This, it's his most expensive film to date. Um, it's going to come out around 2020. The studio's got the plot under lock and key, but you're going to continue to see more and more little snippets. So keep an eye out for that. Okay. Um, I think it is the first time a person of color has uh, led a Nolan film. Oh, nice. Yeah, because um, they don't really... Because he doesn't really do that, so that's significant. Um, but yeah, this this film is a is a two hundred fifty million dollar extravaganza. Right. Already. Um, so we'll I see like how that Nolan. is. I'm I'm shocked that second billing's going to Robert Pattinson though. Mm. I don't know. If I'd well, he's doing a lot though. I'm He'll like I'm like, I'm like John Davis is going to have to carry this is fucking film, true? dude. Pattinson <laughs> will be the next Batman. No, I won't watch it. Yes, you will. No, I won't watch it. Pattinson will be the next Batman. Pattinson is like I a, mean, he a has, wet napkin. But Relax. he has... No, no, no. The next Batman, he does have some range. He I has range, and he's a good actor. He no does doubt. have some range. I think he, he got fucked by doing the Twilight. Yeah. No, you don't, no he didn't. No, no he did not no, he, get fucked, because you know what? He made a whole bunch of money on some... No, 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 no. But he's he been, a, he's been, he's been like a controversial pariah for the last, like, 10 years, man. He has been. But he's been doing... But you know what? Pushed him into what? it pushed him into doing indie films. But you know what? He still collected his checks from Twilight. Fucking yeah, A's collecting checks. I ain't check. mad at him with that, and he's not mad about it either because he <laughs> knows what he has to do. That's what that's what Hollywood's all about. This is some bullshit. Look at Brad Pitt. Look at all these other folks. You're gonna get where you're gonna get because he's gonna make that money. You think Tom Cruise wants to keep making these fucking Mission Impossible movies? Yeah, I think he does because of um, Scientology. Um, <laughs> relax, Tawana. So Pat, I, mean, I mean, they're producing them. What do you look, mean, relax? Pattinson is... Uh, this is no. these effects. Pattinson is pushing towards doing the Batman film. Mm-hmm. Well, he has no choice. He's been cast in it. Yeah, so... I just, what he's I'm, so what, small. He is, but you, you know what I'm interested in, though? Is like, yeah, if he do. can... So... No, you don't. Chris are we going to do... Are we going to talk about Joker first? Because yes, this please. is a very good segue. We are. Yes. I would love to segue into it. Please talk about Joker. So this is a good segue because as soon as I finished, I'm kind of going straight to the end a little bit here. That's but right. as soon as I finished watching this Joker, yeah, right, I was thinking, my first thought was like, is this what, are we going to keep this? trend for the batman films is this what the next batman well that's what so. they had said that they would do with for dc films because is x-men dc x-men no, was marvel X-Men's but the problem not. was is like marvel had said that with the logan film that they would forever do the next round of films like logan and keep hmm. it sort of real-esque in this sort of realized Just world gritty and as move, fuck gritty as fuck and move forward for that that's why logan was even a possible contention for Oscar because oh, it was great. so realistic and so great and so raw. And then now Joker is exactly the same. They're not going to do it because first of all, they want to make money. They wanna, yeah, it's like you, they wanted. There's to no be, way you'd make money. They wanted to be all Batman kid movie. friendly, like the Spider-Man franchise. That's why they fought so hard to keep Spider-Man in the Marvel universe, right. in which it is going to be. So but they it, it, it they would have to do something because then it leads. The ending sort of leads to. To edge into the Batman's world, and so well, you know the thing about the thing about what I what I enjoyed about watching the Joker, and and we all watched it, and we've been watching Tawan and I, and I know Alex, I, I told you, but we talked about this too. We watched uh, the 
the first Batman movie, which had Jack Nicholson in it, and then we watched Heath Ledger's version of the Joker. Right. We did not do the Suicide Squad version with, with Jared Leto because right. he we had such Batman. a smaller like, part in, right. it, in that role. He's got like two I minutes. saw that quite recently, though. Yeah, I saw that as well, and it just doesn't. It's it like doesn't, it's not even the same. Well, they're trying. To, that's a comic book movie. Well, what yeah. these are not comic do, book movies. What they tried to do was modernize the Joker in a way, but I feel like. And you're right. It was definitely comic book. But what what Jared Leto's was the closest Joker to was. the way the comic book is written. It by is. the way, yeah. but I think he Still needed a, a a broader. There just needed to be more need a, time with him. He, right, he needed a broader project too, because yeah. he had a solid ten minutes. Yeah, he didn't have much time. I thought yeah. he was going to do justice to the type of Joker he was trying to play. Right. Yeah, he was. He was. Because um, even Heath Ledger, like I mean, Jack Nicholson's looked the most like. The Joker from the comic books. Right, he kind of had that the right sort of face structure for right. it. Right, right. And if you've seen hair. any of like the animes that have been recently, you know. Right. But like the, I, I mean, it's. I feel like the you know, and and Tawana, give me the setup on the the DP and yeah. director because before we dive deeper. Yeah. So the DP is Lauren Shear, and Lauren Shear is uh, an American DP. Did, he did a bunch of things: Godzilla, The Hangover, Garden State. Garden State is actually really yeah. Garden State is shot. Done. That's like one of the saving graces done. of that film. Oh, like it's shot so nicely, really beautifully done. Joker, of course. Uh, he's done a few other things, but um, uh, directed by Todd Phillips and of course starring Joaquin De Niro, uh, Zazie Beetz, who's nice in it. She's mm. got a nice little piece. Yeah, in I like it. her. Uh, Francis Conroy playing Penny Fleck. You know, Penny's done a few things. I love her. She and is always the creepy bitch in every film. Always the creepy bitch her. in every film. And on and on. Um, but um, I'll, I'll give you the synopsis. Set it up just for people who don't know. I don't who know. Who how, how you don't know what's They're going on. They're afraid to go see But it. Joker centers around an origin of the iconic arch nemesis and is the original standalone story not seen before or on the big screen. Tom Phillips' exp exploration of Arthur Fleck, which is the Joker played by Joaquin, um, is a man disregarded by society and is not only a gritty character study, but also a broader evolutionary tale and cautionary tale. So. So who wants to start? So with that being said. With that being said. With that being said. Um, if we think about, I think off the bat, I feel like Todd Phillips was really trying to say something I think he with was. this Joker. He was trying to speak Definitely. a lot to where we're at in America with, yep. um, with the rise, with the, with the dramatic increase and in rise of uh, mass shootings mental of illness. the types of mental illness yeah. of, um, you know, the thing that always strikes me is, you know, whenever, um, Whenever these shootings take place, there is a pretty solid um, mo and description of exactly who does it. It's exactly. generally, you know, young, younger white men, right? Yes. Um, and the uh, you know the Democrat response on the left side of the aisle is to to clamp down on uh, on gun laws gun and registration control. regulation, right? right? Which I think is one part of it. And the Republican response is to say that we shouldn't be regulating guns. This is a mental health issue. Mm. Right. We need to regulate mental yeah. health. They don't, and, they don't but then I was like, oh, okay. They don't intertwine it's a mental all. health issue, which I would partially agree with. Mm -hmm. Then I think a Medicare for all where mental health is part of that. 
would yes. be a pretty good solve on the way to sensible right. gun registration regulation into solving that, that problem. Happening. I mean, right. if you literally got gun licensing and a robust mental health plan, right. I think I mean, God, who am I to say? But I think you would start to see some uh, you'd start to see some results in tackling this but, issue. But also background checks to know what's happening with people who've had some issues previously with the law. That's what I'm saying. I mean, licensing. You know what I mean? Right. It's like you got to get a license as if you were about, you got to get a driver's license to get a gun license. But Why I think, not? But I think what, what, what was prevalent in the movie was the fact that it was about the system and how the system is at play here when you're dealing with people with mental illness. Yeah. It's about how the system is at play that keeps you from getting medication. It keeps you from getting counseling. Yeah. It keeps you from getting those those systems that that you need to keep you from going to that place. Right. And and that was was what was prevalent in this film. And I and I feel like the sadness about it was because this fact is a that sympathetic character. He's right. very sympathetic, unlike he's any very, that we've seen exactly. before. And we've never seen the Joker never portrayed seen the Joker in, a in this way. way. Yeah, because he was the anti-hero. Yes. And yes, there are a lot of things about the Joker that are similar to that of Bruce Wayne, right. who was Batman, who we only saw as a child in this film. But if you if you really think about it, the Joker in his other was, portrayals, was right. almost a victim of his circumstance. Yes. Because the world that he lived in was not there for him. He did not have a support system. He had a, a mother who was also dealing with a mental illness. Yes. And and I think that when you're in a situation where life puts all these obstacles for you out there, they're constantly hitting you. How do you react to that? And what this movie talked about, or in my in my belief, because as I watched it, I kept seeing how we deal in the world today. There's we're dealing with governmental issues, we're dealing with social issues, we're dealing with how the system is set up for you to fail. If you are in a situation of needing all of these services to help you, the services are not there for people. They're not really people, not there. Not for poor people. Not for poor people, because he was not he was not rich. He was not wealthy. He, he was wasn't just, even middle class. He was just yeah. there as a, as a as a survivor in the world. He lived in what looked to be the Bronx. Right. It, <laughs> right. The Bronx. Right. Right. It was the Bronx for yeah. sure because it was all elevated hills, elevated. Yeah. The all, hills, man. The, I was like, the, where the, the fuck do we have hills like that? That brilliant staircase. Yeah. That's all the Bronx. Right into and Yonkers. So, and so I felt like he was always in in the state of. Things happening to him. Yes. The the building he lived in, the kind of people he worked, he lived around. They were all in the same kind of circumstance. And you know what? At, at a certain point, you're going to get to well. There's nothing else I can do. I'm I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of people taking advantage of me because it spoke to, it spoke to the 99 percent versus the the one percent. Yes. It 100 percent because he was always on the losing side of it. Well, he was always going to be on the losing side. I feel like Arthur Fleck, who is the Joker, right, who eventually becomes the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix, is legitimately hard to watch. This was a disturbing film by far. At the so end disturbing. of watching this, fucking unsettled. we sat for the trailers, and I mean for the trailers, for the credits, and it was uh, Vaughn, I, and another man who was by himself. And I said out loud, I don't know if I am entertained by this film or really disturbed by this film and the guy beside me was like girl you're really disturbed by this film this was a disturbing film and the thing is is i think like 
where where we come in with him is from his horribly bruised and almost emaciated body, right? To his his horrifying like hysterical laughter that was the product of a condition. Yes. It wasn't just his laughter. Um, to his disturbing relationship with his mother almost. It was right. disturbing and a tiny bit endearing. Mostly disturbing. We watch as he goes through a handful of horrible and disturbing circumstances that would turn even what we would say essentially in air quotes, a sane man crazy. Right. And you know the thing about it, he w- he was literally a caregiver for his mother. He was a caregiver and, for and his mother. And just to watch and I I know other people who are caregivers and I understand how you do what all that you have to do right to make sure their lives are better. Right. And he portrayed that and, and I'm all about the anti hero and I, I always been. But I think that what spoke to me was the realness of it. And I think that what they captured in this film was the fact that this could actually happen to anybody. And that was that spoke to oh, yeah, all the sure. that spoke to all the backlash and the fear that, you know, because we had before this film came out, there was a warning from the military that this could that this could that this could trigger mass shootings and all this other stuff. But in reality, what they're not facing is the right. fact that there are a lot of people dealing in a certain situation right. it, it, where there, you know, you might be the, the mass shooter of tomorrow right. is the same guy or woman who's sitting in their, in their basements, in their rooms, right. feeling disenfranchised, feeling lost and right. not trying to find themselves being in, in a state of depression. Right. And, and, and this is the story that the Joker told. But the deal with the whole military thing is that that mass shooting in Aurora, right? In that movie there just happened to be because that was a popular film, which happened in the Dark Knight, right? And it just so happened Knight. to be the Dark Knight Returns, right? Was it Dark Knight Returns or Dark Knight? It was the Dark Knight. It was, it was the, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight, and just so happened to be that. So it was a popular film, right? Because nothing it, it, to do it with the Joker. Been frozen. It could have even been fucking frozen, right? Right? He could have shot up, God forbid. 14,000 little kids, which is fucked up. Right. But, you know, I mean, easily, it could have been, you know, it could have been any sort of popular film. Right. And it's just so sad that it had to be this. Right. Because there's nothing in this film that equates to Not mass at all. shootings. Not at all. He doesn't even commit a mass crime. Right. He doesn't. So, if your fear about this film is anything you've heard in terms of precautions, be well aware that you're fine to go see it. Right. And it and it was really and it wasn't even a, a revenge tale because no, in, in a lot revenge. of the Joker it was, it, movies. It, it was essentially what was the guy in New York that did the vigilante thing that they sort of said that Getz. he was a vigilante? Gets. Gets. Remember he was bullied on the subway and yes. he just finally reacted. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, it could have been anybody. It could have been anybody. But what it speaks to is where we are today. As a people, we're 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 in a climate where people are feeling a little disenfranchised. People are feeling lost. They're a little. They're trying to find their place in this space. And I think that what Joaquin did was he manifested that. And 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 everybody gets to that day. We all have had those moments where I can't take any more yeah, of this. Of I can't handle any you need more a mental of this. Health there. And how you handle it, because. Yeah. Me, even myself, I was, as we traveled here today to do this podcast, I literally had a moment 
where I wanted to throw some woman's bag onto the train tracks because she just didn't know how to move that shit out of my way. Right. And and I was like, what makes you think of that? But we have to understand there are people who are living these lives. Right. And you know, we who, all go through some who shit. Don't every have day. the tools or resources to stop themselves. And Tawana even said to me, we as we were traveling here, she's like how do you do this every day? Yeah. But I do this every day where, because first of all, I'm in a wheelchair and I deal with all these ignorant ass people ignorant. on the train who don't know how to move out my fucking way. I literally And I always them. have to move them or they move out of my way out of some kind of weird, twisted fear. I will but say. It's, it's so much ignorance. You're quite di- diplomatic about it because quite honestly I just want to wheel you into people like a fucking bulldozer but but (laughs) I understand that they just don't understand understand. because we live in a world where there's a lot of ignorance and And I think you like that too. but I think that 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 say that same ignorance speaks to everybody so if you see somebody homeless if you see somebody with some kind of mental situation if you see somebody with a disability anybody different from what you deem as yourself and the normality of it speaks to all of that so i think that that's how it all works but we're in a we're in a totally different kind of situation so it's it's just one of those things we have to learn how to deal with but this movie captured all that joaquin was on point with his performance yeah he he was I I I was so stressed that someone was going to shoot up the theater while I was in it. <laughs> oh my I'm, god! I know. I mean, this is. Well, see, you bought into the hype about the the the, the danger of it. Yeah, fucking a, I did because I'm acutely aware of the types of people that um, you know the the incels or insul- you know involuntary celibates. Yeah. Um, that are like a part of this zeitgeist at the at this moment right and i mean (laughs) the these 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 guys these people are they want to express themselves Mm -hmm. the way that joaquin explored his ability to find power for himself right that is exactly exactly the way that the guys who have participated or who are a part of this community disenfranchised young white men mm-hmm. feel like they're owed more feel right. like they it's this thing where like you know i'm not a protected class i'm not someone who should who should experience any kind of misgiving i shouldn't be prejudiced against i shouldn't be there's something really toxic that comes from someone who feels like they should have some kind of a inherent privilege right but doesn't get it right and ends up at the bottom of the pile when every advantage systemically has been given to them to not be at the bottom of the pile right that when they feel this and realize this they lash out because of the tools at their disposal, which is, oh, you want instant power? Pick up a gun and shoot someone. Well, you know what speaks to me? I it's feel, fucking terrifying. I feel it, I have a totally different experience about it because as a black man, I live in a world where the world is always coming at me. 
Mm. And I always feel a sense of danger, a sense of possibility for something to happen to me as a black man living in America. Right. So right. because of that, I don't have the same fear of that. Sure, if some crazy white dude is going to come in and start shooting up folks, I expect crazy white dude to come shoot like at me. As black people, we always feel like crazy white people are gonna come hurt so us. So we live in that world because remember, <laughs> we live this. We before. are the product of white men coming, burning crosses on our property, stealing mm. us from our own. We are the origin country. Of white men coming and taking us from our homeland, Africa, and taking us there, stripping us away from our family, and and in doing those horrible things to us mm. see it's just now that that the country that is aware white people right. have experienced the same kind of thing but unfortunately because white people have tried to deem it as everybody else being the killer no being yeah. the muslims being it's not the brown people. being arabs being russians being everything else but white yes. until you start to see that that's when it becomes very real to you because you never thought you never thought you Shay Whitey. Mm. And I mean that in, in all the love in, that I in, have for you. In love. Because I love you. <laughs> Jay Whitey. I love you as, as a person, as a man. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you, you see that in a different way now because the world has opened up because we realize the terrorists in America are mm. white boys. Are domestic. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said about the... It's, it's that classic case of like when something, you know, when you're part of a, like a dominant cultural paradigm, right? Yes. right? And then oh, the mirror, dominant cultural paradigm. <laughs> the mirror is always on someone else. The mirror is on the other. Yes. Right? And America is in this sort of unique time mm -hmm. when the, when the mirror is on itself. Right. Right. Yes. And what it is showing back is terrifying. Yes. So it's, you know, it's, it's this sort of hard to grapple with. It's this hard to grapple with, you know, and my, look, my own country is, is, has uh, suffered a, a horrific mass shooting. But your country handled it. Your, hand, your country did handle it. Your country tried to handle beautifully, it. But they handled it, they handled it wonderfully, understanding the various diversities in their communities. And they would never do that here in America. The, the thing that, that really upset me when that happened was obviously the, the, the act itself, but the way that American media responded to it mm -hmm. was either as a disaster porn, right, which, w which was then used to promote like leftist ideals. Exactly. Which I was like, okay, but like, fuck you, exactly. you know? Right. Or the other side of it was conservatives who used it as, you know, as 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 look at how New Zealand is overreacting to this problem. Right. And when the prime minister and news anchors wore um, the hijab. hijabs, mm -hmm. when um, the government said we're going to do a assault rifle buyback. We're going to strengthen restrictions on these weapons, and we're going to, you know, we're going to take what, like, what is at our power on top of doing, on top of doing cultural, a cultural sort of shift and saying, please, let's, the more that we can remove these weapons from the streets, 
the less chance that they will be used by a criminal to do an act. They tried a lot of things and they did it quickly. Yes. And the the amount of like they were mocked for doing that by American media because like, oh, but great. So 400 people returned rifles. But guess what? Right. But guess what? Because we never even try. But guess what? You know, and I was like, the fuck fact, you, dude. We've had buyback, buyback problem, programs and they've never really worked. And people weren't returning assault rifles. They were returning right. shotguns. Because yeah. it's, it's really about Hang the gun. assault rifle. It's the yeah. assault rifle. And once the people start to understand that that's what it's about. It's not about taking your arms away. We don't want to take you your rights away. You can't protect your you home. You can still hunt. Quote unquote. You can still do all those you damn things. You can still have a but nine I, millimeter. But I speak, it speaks to the fact that we need to. And the thing about the Joker, he was in this situation, he was an anti-hero. He was trying to find his space. He just he just wanted to live his life. He did. Things kept happening to him though. That's the struggle of this film. Yeah, it is a struggle. Is is you feel because he was given a gun by his friend. Right. right? He was given a gun from one of his colleagues. Yes. Who then it seems gave it to him in order to get him fired. I was a little confused about that. At first we thought he gave it to him out of care, but then we realized Yeah. It was to, to fuck get him to over. fuck him yeah. over, right? Yeah. But then I was like, to me, that was a little bit like, why would you give a guy you're trying to fuck over a deadly weapon like he could kill you with it, right? But he, but didn't, he didn't think about, about it, that. He just thought he, about fucking. He had already over. decided yeah. that he was marginalized. I guess he thought he was a pussy. But remember, that was the whole point. He was less than. He was marginalized from yeah. the very beginning. Excuse he was me. also mentally ill, and because and he, he knew, knew there were some challenges there, right. this guy was trying to take advantage of him. He was, and he he didn't have an idea that this guy was going to do what he did with the gun. Right. But he thought that this was going to be the way that I was going to get him fired. Well, especially because he had he some ended him with a fucking blade though. Oh, he had some previous. He had some previous. That was a great scene, by the way. Fuck, that was a good scene. That was a great scene. I'm Ooh. like. Oh. But yeah. but he he He's had, like, you gave me the gun, but I'm he assumed basically because he had some previous incidences that he didn't react to that he would not do anything with this weapon. Right. Yeah. But you never really know what a person yeah. can do. And what you I, push what to I, that what limit. I think about what what's so interesting to me because Tawana and I have been watching other Joker films and, mm. and it was just like if you really think about how Heath Ledger Joker was. He talked about how he used a knife instead of a gun. Right. And how mm. he had a different kind of power and a different kind of capability. It was fucking terrifying. Right. Right. And it was it's quick, personal. Well, because a knife very, is personal. Because you have to get up you on have to the get person. Close. And Joaquin did that in, in his performance with that mm. with that one scene. He was specific about that. And when he used the gun. He was because Joker also used guns. Yes. In, in, when Heath Ledger did it, and also when when Jack Nicholson did it. Yes. When you use the gun in a certain way, he it was a different kind of power that you had over those people. And almost it was like they didn't even expect it. Yes. Like when the gun was pulled, they would stand there, they would look, they were they just were not ready to assume that this person was going to actually do it. But right. he, that was the beauty of what the Joker did because what the Joker represents in the Batman universe, because it's really in the Batman universe, yeah. is that he is anarchy. He is chaos mm. in the world. He is, yes. Batman, regardless of 
all his psychosis and all his illness. He definitely suffers because from PTSD. He, he has some of psychosis. Some sort. <laughs> and that's what I I loved Batman. Batman is my favorite. Well, because Batman is a Batman man. Batman is my favorite he's Disney a man. character. He's a uh, DC he's, character. He is not a superhero. And he's, he's desperately flawed. He speaks to flawed. it and he doesn't have a superpower like the other. No, he doesn't have a superpower. He's a man. Superheroes in yeah. the DC universe. Yeah. But the thing about him. He is money. He's that's scarred. a superpower. <laughs> exactly, he's money. He's scarred yeah. by his experiences, and that also speaks to the Joker. And that's why they are the arch nemesis. No matter who else right. Batman runs into, the Joker speaks to that because they're really the same kind of person. They are, mm. but on different levels. So they are the same kind of person on a human level, but in society based, one is privileged and one is not. Right. Well, in this film, at least. Oh yeah, but it's and, for and you, but you're always gonna have that privilege. And then think about what would happen. That's to why Bruce, he's the perfect Bruce villain, Wayne. though, because he is yeah. the joke. He is he is Bruce Wayne, is. but at like the other end of the spectrum. Right. Because right. what this happens if Bruce Wayne was a regular guy? That's why the Dark Knight was such an effective film yes. because he was the complete opposite of of uh, he was complete opposite of Batman. Right. And in that film, you could see how much, um, how much he struggled, how, yes. how much Batman struggled to counter him, to like understand what his motives were. Right. And that's what you see in the Dark Knight film yeah. is how the, the criminal underworld that he manipulates right. in order to push his agenda because um, he just entices, this, entices them with money. Right, right. right. Yeah. But then all he gives a fuck about is burning the, he's like he's like here's my here's my fifty percent here's my portion <laughs> I'm gonna burn it and they're like oh my god because I don't give a fuck and then right. he sets the dogs on like the Russian guys right, who right, put, right. put in there right right and so he's like and the, the and the poor Asian guy who was the finance he was the finance the financier guy. the hunk yeah, yeah. Right, he was right, at the right. top of the money pile by the way so so that's because like in some of the reviews I read it was like Heath Ledger's uh, Joker was like a an, like an anarchist nihilist right. like he didn't believe in anything he didn't believe he in wanted to, he didn't believe in anything but he wanted to destroy everything right right which is why he had that story every time he's met someone and mm-hmm. i told the story of his smile right because he was just he was charming he was witty he was humorous but he was also demented some men master wine just want to watch the world burn <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It, it was. So a, that it was, was it. it, it, it was that was a, it. It was a demented, a, a demented way that you could never really, like. Even his laugh was true. Right. Like you really felt like it came from a demented <laughs> place. But did what you, I think that was was interesting about how Joaquin did it was that all these things happened because he started the 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 the, the, the torment. He started mm. all this the chaos to happen. And he other did. people jumped on the bandwagon. But it took one person to start it. But he also paid people to jump on the bandwagon. Because that whole opening scene is everyone killed the next one right. until he was the last one left. Right. I mean, so he, he, he wanted to insert chaos into every environment. Yes. Right. He wanted to take Absolutely. the human spirit of greed. Right. And like he wanted to set all every, every, he wanted to see how all the guys right. in his own crew would betray each other for money. Right. I mean, right. that was this whole thing of like, he he really as an anarchist, he wanted to show how. We're talking about Heath Ledger right now. Right. Yeah, Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's guys. He wanted to. He wanted anarchy, right. and an anarchist wanted to disrupt capitalism. However, capitalism would appear in any way, shape, or form. 
he wanted to expose and disrupt and discredit how people would operate. He right. just wanted to destroy right. greed. He wanted to destroy the systems that forced people to right. do these things because of money, which is so different to what Joaquin did. Right. Joaquin is motivated by being the other. He is the downtrodden. He is, he is the like the completely... And we pitied him versus Heath's You pity the fuck out of him. Yeah. But then ultimately he was... You could see he would become an anarchist eventually mm. because he was sort of birthed into this position. Because people revere him. Because people mean, the, revered the, him that, as That final like, shot. Right. He's on the cop car and it, like right. you have hundreds of people... Celebrating him, right, you know, right. I mean, that's but power. That, that, but that wasn't his, not his intent. It, it was, was not his intent. It was, was not his intent. He, he was, was just trying to survive. Right. He was just he was trying to survive. And I, I think that's what is is beautiful about this movie is because in reality, what you have is it would be Joaquin's Joker, then Heath's Joker, right. then Jack Nicholson's mm. Joker. Right. That's how it would have actually played that's out. That's how it would have played in, in, in the evolution. That's how you, in the evolution of these men. Of what these men because were. Because I think that all of them had to go through a certain level of experience, exper a level of pain, a level of, of, of learning that journey that they had to go through. And, and they all had different kinds of suffering. Yeah, they did. Because if you, if you look at how Jack Napier's experience was that was Jack Nicholson's character. Jack that was Napier? Jack Nix Napier. Yeah, it was Jack Napier. Napier. We watched it this morning. He was also Who's Jack Napier. That Jack was, Napier that was, was the Batman. Joker in in, Batman I mean, it was Joker, Joker in in Batman. Right. And so he started out as Jack Napier, and then he became the Joker. But where he where they sort of fuck up in that film is he bounces back and forth between Jack Napier and the Joker. Once right. the Joker becomes a Joker, the Joker stays the Joker. Right. He never covers his face. But, He's always but, that guy. But what is similar in their backgrounds and in their backstory is that they were abused. They right. they, they, they were they were deranged life situations. They had some kind of <laughs> mental illness. Right. And and they were abused from as the children. jump. Right. And then you had Heath Ledger's situation where he was also abused by his his. Father it, we're assuming parent. based on his story. Based yeah. on his story, but he talked about the abuse right. and the and the cutting of his face right. that led him to that damage the, the way he was. Yeah. And then you had Heath Ledger's telling mm -hmm. where right. he was also he was tied to a, a radiator and he was abused by his stepfather. No, that's that's Joaquin. No, that happened to Joaquin. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So that happened to Joaquin. So he was tied to his his radiator and he was abused by his by stepfather. stepfather. Why his mother did nothing. And his mother did nothing. But she is mentally so ill. They all had the same <laughs> track mm. of being right. these damaged men. Yeah. Right. That led them to this life of crime. And some in these other guys, right. this life of crime. Joaquin's Joker didn't get to crime at that point, no. but it was. Well, just I mean, about, he was in crime, right? But he wasn't profiting from crime. right. He wasn't a gangster. He right. was just a person trying to make it. And so you you have that same thread that runs through it all. And there have been a lot of conflict in in the, in the whole Batman universe because they was like, well, how can Joker sit aside from not having Batman in the film? But this movie takes place before Bruce Wayne became Batman. And yeah. this movie is not about Bruce Wayne. It's right. about Joker. And mm -hmm. it's about his evolution. And you're right about that whole backwards thing mm -hmm. where it becomes Joaquin and then Heath and right. then 
and then Jack Nicholson's portrayal. Yeah. Because it all and it also it also changes from realistic to semi-realistic but brutal to very comic. Yes. And it all it's just it's interesting how it all just plays out because it's like everything's realistic. Joaquin is hella realistic. Mm. Heath is semi-realistic. Like there are parts of it where you're like, oh, this is a total comic, and there are parts of it like this is brutal as fuck. Mm. And then just like the makeup in terms of like Heath is sort of like realistic, but then it becomes very sweaty. Yeah. Right. And so his his face almost looks like he's been sweating through whatever turmoil he just went through. Yeah. And it's just like this the residue of that. And then you go into Joker of Jack Nicholson where it's all perfectly, you know, applied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a costume. The sets are are created. Yeah. Nothing's realistic. We're not on the street. Because in Tim Burton's Batman, it was right. all set. It was all set. Nothing was on the street. It was yeah. all set. Even the only thing that was realistic was their breath, and and it's only because that was before the whole fake breath thing. Yeah, where yeah. You yeah. could put your fake breath in. So it was a, it was it was really interesting how they all just sort of portrayed, and then it's always interesting also how all their backstories are sort of told, bit by bit. Like Heath told his backstory every time he got someone's face. Right. Right? He stick the knife in their mouth and he tells them how he got his scars. And then um, Jack had a whole thing about his thing. Right. And Heath, he, I'm not Heath, I'm sorry. Joaquin didn't really know he was becoming Joker. It was a weird trans- transformation. He transmuted right before our eyes. The whole jump into the fridge cocoon shit. Just yeah, like all yeah, of yeah, that yeah. was him transforming his odd dances with his exposed ribs. Oh my god, his, his like his like broken collarbones, broken collarbones, yeah. and like so crazy. You could slowly when he was trying to like do something to his shoes, he was trying to like open his shoes up. Right. That's when you saw, that's when you saw, you're like, his, why is his like arm dislocated you know and he was like concave too yeah, he was because like, he was broken he, he was, was broken, broken man, in a lot of he ways he was always trying to yep. he was trying to fit into the world that didn't fit mm-hmm. for him yeah and and that kind of represent that's what it spoke to and me there about. were like different things so like batman the original batman when jack nicholson was like a chemical spell which was like yeah Comic base, right? He was like a crime lord, right? That gets doused in chemicals, chemicals, which goes crazy, which goes crazy. Which is Nicholson's guy. He's like he's a crime lord that's crazy, you know. But Nicholson was also a little crazy before he became it, and it was almost like this freed him. Right. Same thing, but when we get into Dark Knight, he was already freed. He was freed already. He was. There was was no, and then Joker, he was freed once he got rid of his medication. Well, when right. they stopped, they stopped paying yeah, for his yeah. medication. And so he was totally freed after that. And each one of them has sort of a dance, mm. sort of an uh, evolution where they start. But I feel like Heath is the his, Heath is the only one that, even though he has sort of a like dance in, in his life, he was the only one that came to the film already free. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was he he was exactly who he was. Yeah. Yes, completely. He, he like is his state. He is his mm-hmm. state, and that's what I really wanted to see from those original films. Was right. like, where does Heath Ledger's Joker come from? Right. Like, how does he become that? 
how does he become this anarchist? Because right. he is. He's like the anarchist oh, he's joker. A true anarchist. Joaquin joker. is the like I don't know. He's 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 like a sympathetic. He's the start. Yeah, he's the start. I mean, he's, he's the pro, and the Jack is the after effect. I mean, it it really does your your sort of your your analogy of them transitioning between each one because right. you can a hundred percent see yeah. the anarchy that's caused from the riots that Joaquin's character creates. Right. The Joker can easily embrace that and mm-hmm. be like, "There's an army." Yeah. There's an army of like maladjusted people who are just willing to like do anything they just right. need a leader to help them through this tough right. time like i you can easily see joaquin's joker yeah. feeding you can easily Heath's see him joker. Feeding. Yeah, yeah for you sure know. and you know the thing about yeah, it for sure. the, the victims in quick question the, yes do you have any beer left yes perfectly and i want to hit that shit there's one open wow for you there's one open for me yes i can't reach around my mic <laughs> i don't want to well you know the interesting enough. thing it's to me beautiful while alex drinks <laughs> um, the interesting thing to me is, is the fact that Joaquin's Joker, the people that died in his universe, yeah. were people who they were makers of the of the the society, the place yeah. that was that wronged him yeah. throughout his life. So you had De Niro's person persona, his, who, um, he was excellent. He was John, Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson esque in that. And Even the curtains. He was excellent like in that, in and I and I and I think that you know because in the Joker in that role, he knew that this guy was just there to make fun of him, yeah. to belittle him, he to treat him less than. He knew he was a part of the than. jokes, the butt of the jokes. Right, he was going to be the butt of the jokes, and he decided to. I'm going to take this man out. All yeah. those those people who were supposed to be his caregivers, yes. like his counselors. His probation, uh, probation people, all those people that were there that were supposed to help him. I'm very curious about, and nobody's brought this up yet. I'm sure there's going to be a think piece about this. Why all the counselors were black? Mm. They were all black. But then again, if you think about it, they were is all that not just realistic. Women? I think that's just realistic. Honestly, of, of what the world is. You know what I felt when I saw that? I was like, because I. I noticed that and I thought about it and I was like I think that's just what the world is but I was like fuck so black women are the caregivers of the world black women are the caregivers no, of the world I thought black I was women like, save I was the like, world I mean I'm not even trying to be political let's think about yeah. how things turn in the world let's think about political political offices that that get, get, get challenged let's think about all the times that things have changed it's been because black women have voted have like stepped up have been the caregivers i mean if you want to take this back to slavery who was fucking nuzzling your children and breastfeeding them okay so without getting that good far, point i'm sorry she went i'm a black <laughs> i'm a black <laughs> woman okay. no, no no it's innate 100 <laughs> percent. the thing that but, i got yes. from that was like and it struck me obviously despite not being american i'm obviously okay. white we we don't I we think don't everyone knows this. We don't hold that against. No, but the thing that struck me was <laughs> that like the people who the same people who are the victims of this system right. are the same ones that have to pick up the pieces. Yep. That's Always. what struck through to me. Was Always. I was like fuck man. So like the guy, like the people that have to pick up the 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 the, the Arthur Flex. Right of this society are right. the same ones that are affected by it, you know? Yes, of course. And, and that, that's like what that, 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 that definitely 
hit me in the film because you're exactly right. It's like all of the all of the social workers, all the caregivers, yeah. the, people the people of who color who it. educated themselves right. to a point where they could take these jobs. Exactly. Stay were, were the ones staying behind to help everybody, regardless well, also, of remember, race. They're not staying remember. behind. They're forced behind. They right. can only get but, but remember, so far. it always it also happened with his love interest in the Joker. Yeah, his love interest is a black. Zazzy beats. Yeah. So, so of, uh, it, there is a reason why that was at play, and I and I hope that when when people watch this, they they see more than just that. There, there's got to be there's a reason why that's at play. Right. And I'm glad that this director spoke to that. Right. Because well, you I don't mean, always get that. If you think about it, okay. For instance, we were watching the news this morning, right? And what were we seeing about the bridges? And the um, what is it called? When you have se several people the in your car, situation. the carpool yeah. lane. Okay, so people were waiting on the side of the road to get across the bridge from and Jersey to New York. From Jersey to New York, and also from uh, the Bronx to New York, or whatever, wherever the bridges were. Mm -hmm. But this is specific to Jersey. This is specific to Jersey, but the, the Bronx was because it was the Whitestone too. The Whitestone is for what? The Bronx, right? Yeah. Right. So the Whitestone was affected too. So it's probably the Bronx to Yonkers and, and whatever. And so people waiting on the side of the road to be picked up so they could be part of the carpool lane. And those people in the cars who were driving the cars were essentially getting a discount one and two were able to speed past the traffic because they were on carpool lanes. Okay, the carpool lanes are now being destroyed. They're being removed. That whole discount, that whole where you get to pass by traffic all that's being changed in terms of New York City traffic regulations. These are the same people who've must up the gumption to stand on the side of the fucking road to get in whatever stranger's cars, to get across the road, to pay a little extra couple bucks. To get to their job. To get to their job, who are now going to have to suck it up and pick up whatever structures the system has fucked up. And now they're gonna have to be the ones that pick up like this, like Alex was just saying, that pick up and continue on and foster whoever else who can't get along and show them the way. This is exactly the same thing that happens in real life. Sorry. Oh yeah, for sure. I had to, I had to mention mm -hmm. that but because I thought that was interesting how it just continues. Yeah, but, but it also speaks to the fact that in, in Joaquin's Joker, he was, a, he was a victim of the circumstance. Like, he the was system was no longer going to be able to pay for his medication. Right. But and when he, that happens, you just have to move along. But there are a whole lot of people that in that can't. situation who cannot afford their medication. Right. And they still have to have it because right. they're still dealing with, the Joker. with their mental situations. Right. But, and I, and I've, I know that from personal experience, from, from living with someone who had to deal with a certain circumstance. I agree. Of I, having to be in systems. I've been in relationships with persons and so systems. how do you manage that? And, and is anybody going to ever speak to that? Or are we just going to ignore it? Just like how New York and other other states ignore our homeless population. Oh, They're still there. They're not going to go anywhere. In fact, there might be more people than you more. think. But we at some point have to address that. Yes. And what's the ramifications if we don't address it? And, 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 you and will have, it create anarchists? And will it right? create these kinds of situations? And I think that this is what this movie spoke to. Right. And in, in all the beautifulness of the movie, because this movie was also beautiful. It was it very was beautiful. It was shot, Twana. I was going to say, when you're done, I know I'll, you want to talk about, about that. 
the beauty of the film and the, and the shots that were happening here because that that made you feel a part of it. The whole yes, amazing scene of the whole film. Yes. Let's, let's just talk about that a little bit, Tawana. Well, it was it was very stylized, very noir esque. Very uh, the the beginning was very dark, and 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 that was just a start. Like uh, if you move on to uh, his dances, the moody orchestral music, the just juxtaposition they had in the Joker film with happy tunes. The sounds, the shadows of the wall in terms of when he does his stand-up, it's almost like a duality of self, right? So the new crafted take on this pathology of the Joker creates this new sort of imagery, right? right. So it's just like way more detailed than any other version of the Joker has ever been. Sad and troubled um, rather than evil, which he has previously been. And... Um, his insanity is 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 used as as a bit of a as we were just saying as a bit of an influence on others that in what presents him as evil but really isn't evil it's sympathetic. Mm -hmm. um, the oblique angles, the low lights, the shooting through elements, um, through items such as pillars, bars, curtains, etc., water, um, the mezzanine, as you said, the shots of the stairs, as him dancing down, as his like sort of, dis we were discussing this before as his sort of descent to hell, mm -hmm. but is it descent to heaven for him? Yeah, because um, I always felt like he was rising up. It was almost like he's rising up, but he's descending but down descending visually. Down. Um, the shot ways through doorways as he's like kissing Zazie uh, Beats. Uh, the elevator scenes, the hallway scenes was a really good, the ending, I can't tell you what it is, but the ending is a really beautiful uh, take of this hallway scene as he runs through it and then left to right. I mean, and then there's all these elements of what has occurred behind it. Um, the colors played an intricate part as well. You know, blood on a white face, blue running down a white, a white face, orange, blue, green, muted palettes. This immersive world of, uh, of delusions where we sort of sink into his delusions, not understanding that we too are being deluded and not understanding what's happening within the world. Um, creating this sense of um, instability within our environments, thus instability within the audience, uh, slowly lifting the, the thin veil between what the world is and what the world was, you know what I mean? And so all of the filmmaking elements within it really uh, help to immerse us within this, but transport this film into another level. Because, you know, as I was watching it, I felt as uncomfortable as he was. We, I was hella uncomfortable. As I said at the beginning, I sat there thinking like, am I entertained by this film or am I disturbed? I'm yeah. somewhere in between. Like, I, I want to cheer, but am I wrong for clapping? Yeah. Like, you know? Well, you know, and I'm always the guy who, I'm, I'm always the person who finds those those moments where you're not supposed to clap. Oh, you were quite excited. I this. like I like <laughs> those moments, and most yeah. people don't because most people don't cheer the antihero. I personally don't give a shit about Captain America, but I actually like when the bad guy gets his come up because you know it's his time too, and you know we we in this country love to celebrate the hero, yeah. but I think there's something to be said about those persons who are on the fringe, mm -hmm. and to me. The Joker has always been on the fringe and not really being understood for why, how he got there, and why. And I, and I like that about this film. And I think Joaquin did an amazing performance. Joaquin did an amazing performance. I think they're talking Oscar buzz. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's oh, it's well founded. 
because Definitely. he was mind blowing. Yes, for sure. Um, he transformed his body, his mm. mind, probably his soul. And I wonder what happens to these guys that play the Joker because Jack Nicholson warned Heath Ledger about playing the Joker. Did he really? He mm-hmm. did. He said, believe me, this will take you to another place. Mm. So be warned about that. And then not long after that, Heath passed away. Right. Because sure, he had a whole issue sure. with uppers and downers and he never sleep, woke up. He never woke up from his night, from his sleep. So um, also Jared Leto, I spoke about things about how, how they're all method actors. We yeah. were discussing this before. Yeah. How they're all method af- actors. And method actors goes, go very deep within their characters. Mm. So it's hard to pull back from that. I mean... Um, Jared Leto, when he played Requiem for a Dream, uh, yeah. he had Fine. to go to a Buddhist monastery to get past it. He really couldn't pull himself that out of it. That is one of the fucking darkest movies I've Dark. ever seen. Talk about disturbing. <sighs> Brilliantly shot. Fantastic <laughs> Aronofsky work. Fucking A, the guy had to fucking go to a but monastery. damn, Jesus everyone Christ. in that fucking movie should have went to somewhere yeah. because it was so deep. But I, I, uh, I say that these method actors... Brilliantly, brilliant, brilliantly done, and I hope you all, all take care. Except for Heath, sorry, Heath, rest in peace. I hope you all taking care of yourself past yeah. these films because, right. quite honestly, you dig so deep into this to become. And, a, and Todd Phillips comes from comedy, so yeah. the fact that he jumped into well, this comedy is dark. We right, don't think comedy the, is yeah, haha. Yeah, yeah. Right, but the but, fact that he, he yeah. came there were a lot to of this. comedians. There were a lot of comedians in this film. Yeah, there were a lot of comedians in this film. Mm-hmm. So they were like these were Todd Phillips guys. Right. Like yeah. he cast a lot. Like the, a lot of the clowns right. were like guys that play at the comedy store and right. sunset. Right. Like every well, other comedians, weekend. as we famously know, have two different worlds. They laugh at their pain, but they mm. are they experience a great deal of pain. So some of the best, most detailed actors we've had were formerly comedians, mm. and uh, I think it's something to see. But I will say this, if you're interested at all in Joker, I'm giving it a top five. For sure. Please go enjoy yeah. it, but go enjoy it by yourself or with your spouse or partner. Watch or it friend. at home. Don't be stressed about getting shot up. In Don't the be theater. stressed about getting shot up. <laughs> this is not this is not a safety this issue. This is some white on white crime. Just don't bring right. on, yeah. I just don't, don't bring your fucking children because we saw a five year old on there, and Fuck I think off. there should be a fucking license for that shit too. No, don't no, bring no, your no, fucking no, kid no. here. Get a the babysitter. Score, the score is ridiculous. The score is ridiculous. <sighs> the music was amazing. The score is ridiculous. It's really good. But I'm gonna have to give it a five too. I'll give it a five. Just solid one because it's a masterclass in acting. I think and it that's, is. That's what Joaquin brought to the table. Yes, I and think it only is. he could have. I, I can't even imagine another person in this role. I can, but he did a very good job. Who could you see in this? Who role? could you fucking see? Oh, in this specific role. Yeah, yeah. Who could you, you just very casually there? swept? Oh, I apologize. This motherfucker's efforts aside. No, no, no. I'm not casually Because I can't swapping. see anybody else doing <laughs> I meant, I thought you meant in, in terms of the role of Joker in general. We've seen so many people. No, I mean, but in this version of the Joker. No, no, no. He's top. Yeah. He's, I mean, even Jared top. Leto did a really good job, but not, nah. Yeah. That was this, hey, Jared Leto got panned a little bit. He got panned a little bit. But in the bit. scenes that he gets to be the Joker, he I was like. He did a good job. The guy made the most of the fucking 300 seconds he had on film. Right. right. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, 300 seconds and is I right. Think that, I think there's something to be said about the fact that you have to really jump into it. Oh, you and, have to, and, you have to immerse it. yourself right. into it. And I think and I mean, that. That Joaquin did it. Listen, Keith did it. 
Jack Nicholson did it. You have to really get into it. Absolutely. And I think he did it. I underestimated it actors. Seeing the IMAX or seeing in Dolby Cinema. Because we Ooh. saw it in Dolby Cinema. The sound you is unbelievable. You want the sound. You need the sound. And the reverberation in the seats is yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and, the the, and the screen is really great. They're all Dolby Cinemas. They're all, about? Yeah, for essentially. But um, IMAX is too big for me. But um, <laughs> she's in. Wow. <laughs> I am a lesbian, though. <laughs> so wow. everything's too big for me. But... <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. In in school, in film school, I took a class called Directing for Actors, where they make you the actor, and then essentially the teacher fucks with you because they tell your your scene partners to do different things from what you're expecting. You're all ready to practice for this one particular scene, and then they're throwing in these all like these toss-ups to really fuck with you. And it was right then that I knew that I would, one, never be an actor, and two, had tremendous respect for what actors go through. So for Joaquin to do this, kudos to you. Hope they nominate the fuck out of you. Hey, you um, know what, 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 what I have to give Joaquin some more acknowledgement because we're not really here. Remember the other movie we reviewed a couple yeah, you're not of, really, last year? We're not he really was, here. Well, he was a serial, he was a, uh, the hitman. He was a hitman. He was, he was hitman, an assassin. Yeah. He was amazing. In that. He was like a ghetto assassin. Yeah, but he was. Uh, they he was immersed like a mafia us assassin, in it, you know? right? But they immersed us in it. But it speaks yeah. to his power. Yeah. And and he acknowledged his late brother. Is it, is it we are not Phoenix. really here, or I am yeah. not really here? Something like I am not really I'm here. I'm not really here. Mm. Yeah. But the fact that he he understands his power as an yeah. actor, and I, I appreciate that for him to do it, and I'm glad that he's working the way he is. And he will get his acknowledgement. Tom Phillips sure. keep making those movies. For sure. It's just it's just something to see. Well, I can't wait to see what they do next with this. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I want to say that so happy that Alex is back. Thank you, Alex. Hello. Welcome back. Hello. And we're glad that um, Sean everyone here. Yes, Sean as well. I'm not, not, not disrespecting Mr. Sean. Glad you're here. And I just think that um, everybody... If you really, really appreciated this conversation and appreciated episodes like this, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's all Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we SoundCloud. host, and Spotify, Spotify, where we post up. Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, that's Spotify. it. <laughs> Spotify. Is that what I said? That was just that was just right off the top of my dome. Oh, because I'm a little from my dome to yours. That's what we do. (laughs) But anyway, if you have anything you'd like to talk to us about, please make sure you use the hashtag hashtag BBM podcast. BBM podcast. That's right. And come back and stay tuned for episode 53, where we're going to do our favorite horror. Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Because it's Halloween. And we got to get it in. Hello, Zeve. We're coming in hot with some very vanilla horror films from mine. Uh, Uh, I'm like a little... uh, His is frozen. You're not even going to be here. I like a little frozen. (laughs) Um, You like a little frozen. I like a little uh, little Princess Bride. Princess Bride, a little little Disney. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Little, Disney film. Little little pretty woman. Oh, my God. But we'll leave Alex out of this one because he's a little bit of a puss. But anyway... Thank Poquito, you so much. Un poco pus. <laughs> Yo soy. Sí, sí. I know what's up with that. Beer but bourbon anyway, and a movie. Thanks for coming in. This is Beer Bourbon and a movie. We're Thank out. You. We're Please. out.